This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. This is the season for back to school. A lot of people are going back to school this week, next week, and uh, the top of September, of course. And so I want to focus a little bit on education. There have been a few stories in the news that I'm going to talk about on podcast this week. But I also want to share some interviews so that you can kind of get the framework, get your mind right. Um, Up next is an interview I did with Dr. Keisha Porcher. Dr. Keisha Porcher is a PhD. She's an assistant professor of professional practice in the Department of Learning and Teaching at Rutgers University. She's actually at the graduate school. And we had a wonderful conversation about code switching, about the purpose of education, about how miseducation is prevalent in the system and how she's working to eradicate that. Up next is my interview with Dr. Keisha Porcher. And this this podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite by Oracle. Listen, if you have a business and you have one system for sales, another system for inventory, another system for HR, you're all over the place. And it usually will cost you a lot of time and money to have that many systems. Well, here you go. NetSuite by Oracle the business management software that handles every aspect of business in an easy cloud platform. It is your one-stop shop for everything from sales to inventory to HR, anything you need, NetSuite by Oracle, they have you covered. And right now it's the number one actually cloud-based business system. And you can go to netsuite.com slash Karen, net S-U-I-T-E, dot com netsuite.com slash karen and you can get the free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash karen download the free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits netsuite.com slash karen hope you enjoy i'm reading a book called passionate for justice it's a book about ida b wells one of my heroes, and it's written by Catherine Meeks, who I believe is one of her descendants, and Nib Straup, who was a pastor, and I would definitely call him an ally, a race activist. They alternate chapters, and in, in the chapter entitled My Name is Legion, pa- Pastor Straup takes it straight from the Bible, Luke 8, 26 through 39. It is a story of Jesus coming in contact with a man who is full of demons. And when Jesus asks the man what his name is, the man says, my name is Legion. Luke, who wrote uh, this uh, particular chapter in verse, uh, explains that the demons had entered the man so that the man had lost his identity. And when Jesus asked him for his name, he did not know his name. He couldn't say, my name is Nibstrout writes, my name is Paul or James or Stephen, but Legion. And Straub goes on to write, in this seemingly weird world of demonic possession, the demons begged Jesus not to send them into the abyss. So he sends them into a herd of pigs nearby. And the pigs are driven off the hill into the lake and are drowned. But the man is healed. And when the townspeople come to see what has happened, what impresses them is not the man who had been walking around with these legion of demons. It's not the man that was now lucid and very much within his right mind but rather the pigs that were dead in the water. They were not celebrating the healing of this man. They, they did not say, thank you, Jesus. They were filled with fear and, it co- and the cost because those pigs, that was commerce for them. And it was a harsh blow to their economy. So they told Jesus to leave. They told Jesus to leave, right? So Nib Straub's right, this is a multi-layered, complex, profound story. And for a long time, I did not know what to do with it. 
Thanks to Walter Wink, Gayrod Wilmore, Letty Russell, and others, I began to understand the power and reality of demonic possession in our kind of world. The demons that I have to worry about are not the personal kind mentioned in this story, but this story does point us to the reality of demonic powers in this world. The ones that trouble me and possess me are the potent ones like racism and sexism and militarism and materialism, the kind that I know in my life and in the life of others. I became demonically possessed by racism growing up and its power is so great in me that it still pops up. And when I'm asked my name, I often give its name rather than my own. And often when Jesus comes to heal me, to liberate me from my demonic possession, I join the townspeople in fear and I tell him to get out of here, leave me alone with my systems. Whatever one thinks about the literal truth of this story in Luke, its most potent meaning is it's pointing us to understand our individual and communal captivity to demonic possession. But thank God Jesus is coming for us, coming to offer us freedom from our captivity. It will be difficult. It will be costly. We may even tell Jesus, get out of here. But the great and disturbing news of this story is that Jesus Christ is coming for us to heal us, to help us find our true identity as children of God. Uh, it's the biblical Jesus. Ida B. Wells knew that biblical Jesus, and she sought to follow his teachings, including the engagement with demonic possession. She is a wizard who shows us the way. So I wanted to read this today um, because I got a question, you know, because every Sunday, just about every Sunday, I answer a question right here in this space from Twitter. And you too can ask me a question by going to follow me at Karen Hunter with the hashtag podcast. Now I've been talking a lot about race in this space and I have maybe about 20 to 30 podcasts on the topic because I feel like this is the last um line of demarcation before we can actually reach true freedom. And I mean, all of us, not just black folk. And I got a question because I, I did a podcast last week about um, brown girls, brown skin and colorism. Actually, it was a Twitter question from last week. And so Twitter, what, let me see, fly girl, G-U-R-L 45 at fly girl, G-U-R-L 45. She says, uh, I enjoyed the podcast on brown skin girl. But I consider myself brown skin, just not dark skin. So who classified, who is classified as brown skin? And the reason why I did the scripture from Pastor Straub and talked about this particular scripture about demonic possession, and I don't think that brown uh, fly girl is demonically possessed, but I think we all are possessed with a, a notion of ourselves that's not true. And I want to take this space and this time for us to, you know, really kind of shake off the yoke of what other people have indoctrinated us into believing about ourselves. There is no such thing as dark skin or brown skin or any of those other things, but we do use those terminologies, right? We, we walk around. There's no such thing as white or whiteness. Um, this week on my show, I made somebody very uncomfortable because I said, my job is to eradicate, is to eradicate whiteness. And it was a, a woman in the other room who I guess identifies with being white. And I saw her face like visibly shocked by those words, like as if I was, as if, you know, I was calling for genocide. What I'm calling for is an eradication of these notions of attachments to things that do not really define us, like our skin tone. This book, Passionate for Justice, Nip Straup is so freaking gut level honest about how 
twisted up he has gotten or he was raised in this thing called race and racism and he talks about how you know there were people down the street from him who were of a, you know darker hue of course and you know his family because they're good christians would give them food and things like that but he never saw them as human beings not the same kind of human beings he and his family was the, you know he didn't see them the same and he said they were poor, he and his family, poor. His father, his daddy had left him when he was born. They had nothing. And they were on the same economic level as the people down the street, yet he didn't see them as the same. He did not see them as human beings. He saw them as N-words. And it didn't dawn on him that they might not be N-words the way you would call, he said, a dog a dog or a cat a cat. He would call black people the N-words because that's the level that he saw them on. But then he became curious. And he realized that in that curiosity that maybe something in his brain or his spirit sparked, like maybe they are the same as I am. In that pursuit, he knew that he would be betraying his, his, his community by even asking the question. And I was like, damn, that's real crazy. <laughs> Just to ask the question, maybe they're, are they, is it possible? Even that question, he said, would be a betrayal. And I realized how deeply, deeply woven, as he writes in this book, um, again, uh, this chapter is called My Name is Legion, but the book is called Passionate for Justice. As he writes, how deeply woven, you know, that this, this notion of race and racism is. I'm actually going to read a little bit more. He said it is, um, I'm going to go back. Okay, he said, um, and, and they were racist. As far as I know, they were not night riders but they supported that system and benefited from it. He, he was talking about his family and the people that went to his church that offered him hospitality that were really nice. And he said, I write this, it sounds harsh, it's difficult for me to write. Even at this moment, it's difficult because I have been taught and I have believed that, my, that personal virtues were different from public virtues. My grandfather, my mother's father, with his great belly laugh and overly generous heart, my grandfather who cuddled me and told me that I was his favorite, my grandfather was a racist. It's difficult that such a loving and kind man was a racist, and yet it's true. And it is this juxtaposition of being a decent individual and yet participating and supporting evils like racism that is important to keep before us. If we lose sight of this juxtaposition or deny it, we miss one of the central dynamics of the system of race. Often we deny that racism exists in white people by believing that the only races are the brutish louts who seem to enjoy stomping and crushing people. It is deeper and much more complex than that. It is personal and individual and cultural and structural and institutional. I know this because I have it in my DNA, Nib Straub's writes, in my family history and in my own consciousness, I was taught and I came to believe that non-white people, especially those classified as quote unquote black, were not human beings like me. To call a black person the N-word was not a pejorative usage. From my point of view, it was almost a scientific term. And I'm gonna stop there because, you know, as I read this, this Twitter question, who's classified as brown skin, I'm gonna throw it back. Fly girl, 45, and the, and the rest of you listening, who told you that you were black? And this podcast is brought to you by FabFitFun. Go to FabFitFun.com and check out all of the wonderful things that they have. Actually, it's really cool. You fill out a little questionnaire because they design it just to fit you or the person that you're sending it to. And then they have this box full of stuff, actually $200 worth of 
wonderful things. I got, I just got my box in today. I have a scarf in there, some, some care for my hair. I have eyeliner. Um, these are things that I said I wanted. So don't be like, what eyeliner? Yes, I do use eyeliner. Uh, but it's full of amazing things. Even some Aveda products. You can just go onto the fabfitfun.com, fabfitfun.com, use code this is Karen, and you get $10 off your first box. I really love giving gifts. I gave one to my mom. She's really happy. I bought one for myself. It is amazing women's lifestyle subscription box full of full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and you can tailor make it to yourself or the person that you're sending it to. These boxes sell out fast, so sign up for yours today. Go to fabfitfun.com, $200 worth of merchandise for just $49.99. Using my promo code, this is Karen, you get $10 off. Check it out. Who told you that you were black? When was the first time that you considered yourself to be brown skin or dark skin or light skin or yellow or high yellow? Where did that come from? Did that come from the inner depths of your spirit? Was it the voice of God? Because if it was not, then it's a lie. And the work that we have to do every day to battle these voices that come from someplace outside of ourselves, like legion, these voices, these, these, these demons that possess our lives, that possess our interactions, that possess this world that we live in and, and subjugate some and elevate others and put us in these battles of, of what, of ideology and, 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 and fosters a, a notion of inhumanity that make it impossible for us to actually really grow as people, as a, as a nation, as a world. But it's incumbent upon each and every one of us, and I'm having this conversation right now because it starts with you. I'm doing the work. I'm, I mean, every day I'm like, okay, and it's not white supremacy, it's white nationalism. There's no such thing as white. There's no such thing as black. Let's speak positivity towards one another because we've been trained and conditioned to speak negatively, to be suspicious of one another, to not patron our businesses, to not look at one another as brothers and sisters, but yet somehow enemies, to, to have a community where it's okay to shoot things up. It's okay for us to, to have poverty and trash that, you know, in our neighborhoods, to piss in our elevators, to write graffiti on our wall it's okay to do that because we've been conditioned no it's not it's not okay it's not okay and that voice doesn't come from inside doesn't come from a place of of wholeness it comes from a place of sickness and physician heal thyself we have to first do that work so I would challenge you uh to not identify yourself and not allow anyone to identify you you answer to what you're called? No, you do not. You answer to who you are. But the work has to come in finding who that person is. So I'm working on it myself. So I'm speaking to me, as you just as you know. And I love doing this. So let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter with the hashtag podcast. You can ask me anything on Sunday. I'll pick a question. And I also want to get some feedback. I appreciate the feedback as well. Thank you for um, indulging. Thank you for, for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening to my interview with Dr. Keisha Porcher. And that podcast was brought to you by NetSuite, NetSuite by Oracle. A lot of you have a business and your business is all over the place because you have a system for inventory, a system for finance, a system for HR. If you have this hodgepodge of business systems, 
it's usually taking up too much time and too many resources, and that will hurt your bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you visibility and control that you need to grow. NetSuite actually is the number one cloud business system, and right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at NetSuite.com slash Karen. That's NetSuite, S-U-I-T-E, dot com slash Karen. Download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at NetSuite.com slash Karen. Till next time. <laughs>